Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast, the show that explores the background of Tolkien's amazing world from the very beginning. I'm glad you were able to make your way in here. Um, here, let's go for a walk. You know, it really is amazing how uh, Sauron, and we're not even talking about Morgoth today, we're talking about Sauron, how Sauron's able to take the things, the beautiful things that the elves or the men create and turn them into such horror shows. I think that's one of the, the big differences between Morgoth and Sauron. We get Morgoth corrupting the world and all of those kinds of things, and obviously that becomes something Sauron's able to do as well. But the way Sauron does it, it's, it's just a little bit, I don't know, different. There's a little bit more flavor to it. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't mention those yet. Uh, <laughs> that, that wasn't just a wolf. The, uh, that was a werewolf. Yeah, see, Sauron's flavor is a little bit more horror story. I mean, think about it. Think about the things that he does. The associations that he has. In the stories like The Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings. He is known as the Necromancer before we know who he really is. Somebody who brings back the dead. Like, for example, the Ringwraiths. 
And sure, just like Morgoth, he corrupts, he tortures, he does all of these dark and terrible things. But he does them with his own style. Oh, don't don't worry too much about those werewolves out there. Uh, we're we're safe in here for now. But yeah, werewolves. This is this is something that gets associated with Sauron during the first age. The idea that he's the commanding chief of Morgoth's army, takes over locations, turns towers that were once beautiful and a part of the elves kingdoms into these gothic horror masterpieces and then packs them full of beasts terrible terrible beasts that are corrupted werewolves are people or at least they once were who are now turned into beasts chained against their will in not only their servitude but their very existence to serve his purposes, to keep away the elves and the men. If you remember from last week, we talked about Fingolfin. We talked previously before that about the Dagor Bragolath, the Battle of Sudden Flame. Well, that shock and awe moment in Morgoth's attempt to take back the land that he thought was his from the elves and to destroy them outright was very effective but it wasn't complete and just like every major battle it doesn't last forever we need to go forward in time a bit and this time we're going to focus on the men and the things that the men are doing to counter and respond or even just survive in this period of time after the gates of Angband swung back open and horrors like werewolves seek to destroy them outright. So like I mentioned in the, the beginning of the episode, there's a, a period of time that goes by here. We have the Battle of Sudden Flame. We have the initial movement of Morgoth's forces into the world, into, well, Beleriand, the, the world south of where he already was. And then we have these stories of the elves and the elves' responses and reactions, the sons of Feanor and, and all of that, which we've already talked about. But... As we've also discussed before, there are men, the Idain, who have settled in these lands, who have taken up arms against Morgoth's forces in order to try to survive. And they aren't as noble or as experienced or even as armed and ready as the elves are. The elves have been preparing or lacking to prepare for this for centuries. The men have only been here for a few generations. And this is a dark, dark, terrible event that will uproot them from their homes, destroy their families, 
And so we have to talk a little bit about some of the events over the next, it's roughly two years following this. Morgoth's forces have entrenched themselves in the lands that they have taken over, but they have not stopped fighting. The orcs are moving way more freely out in the world. And in this part of the Silmarillion, we're given descriptions of roving bands of orcs who are becoming very bold in where they go. There are places that the elves still hold, and there are places that the men still hold. But the orcs are very, very bold about where they go. And for the places that Morgoth cannot seem to take over yet, places like Doriath or or Nargothrond, which he has heard rumor of and doesn't know exactly where it is, or even Gondolin, which he has very little knowledge of, we're told, he's becoming desperate. Morgoth, of course, expected to come out of the gates with his armies and to slaughter and destroy and conquer all of the elves because the elves can't stand against him. He's Morgoth. He has these armies of orcs and balrogs and a dragon. But yet there are locations that he cannot breach. And so his spies are multiplying. He's bringing into his service anyone that he can corrupt, anyone that he can convince in a manner very similar to what we see in the movies with Saruman, where he's convinced Saruman basically through the Palantir that there's no way to fight against him. And I'm speaking about Sauron here instead of Morgoth. Sauron convinces him basically like it's my way or the highway. Either you will be destroyed eventually or you side with me and By the way, I'm also a dark and evil lord, so I'll probably betray you at some point anyway. But he doesn't tell him that part, right? He says, hey, you're going to work for me. You're going to do what I tell you to do because I'm going to make your life terrible if you don't. It's still going to be terrible, but it'll be even worse. And so there are spies out there trying to find ways into the mountain pass to Gondolin, ways to break the girdle of Melian, ways to get the sons of Feanor, the Noldor, and the other elven houses to fight against each other, to not trust each other. And they have ammunition. The spies, think of them as like Wormtooth, are whispering in the ears of the powerful elves and reminding them of the kinslaying. How can you trust them? They slayed their own kin. They're desperate. They will do it again. And this is the environment of the next few years after the Battle of Sudden Flame. And during this time, like I uh, was showing you in the intro of this uh, episode, we have the taking of a a tower. This is the uh, Warden Watchtower of Tolsirian. And we're told for the first time in the Silmarillion, we really given more of a description of Sauron and and what's going on here. Here, I'm going to read directly from it because this is very interesting. So it says here, but at length after the fall of Fingolfin, Sauron, greatest and most terrible of the servants of Morgoth, who in the Sindarin tongue, and we're going to be given another name here, which is fun, was named Gorthar, came against Orodrith, the warden of the tower upon Tol Sirian. Sauron was become now a sorcerer of dreadful power, 
master of shadows and of phantoms. The whole gothic imagery that I was bringing at the beginning of this episode, this is it right here. Foul in wisdom, cruel in strength, misshaping what he touched, twisting what he ruled. Lord of werewolves, his dominion was torment. He took Minas Tirith, and this is not the same Minas Tirith that exists in the Third Age. That is a callback to this location in the First Age. By assault, for a dark cloud of fear fell upon those that defended it. And Orodrith was driven out and fled to Nargothrond. Then Sauron made it into a watchtower for Morgoth, a stronghold of evil and a menace. And the fair isle of Tol Syrian became accursed. And it was called Tol in Gorhoth, the Isle of Werewolves. No living creature could pass through that veil that Sauron did not espy from the tower where he sat. This is giving me images of the eye, right? This idea that Sauron is now sitting up in a tower, watching everything, controlling, corrupting, haunting in a way. Now, before you start sending me questions about things like, who is Orodreth? We haven't really talked about Orodreth. Orodreth is the son of Finarfin and ends up becoming a more important character as time moves on. We're not going to focus too much on Orodreth on this episode, but it's another one of those names, another character to kind of put in your pocket, hold on to, right? And we also get another name for Sauron, which is seldom used. This isn't referred to very often. Gorthar, G-O-R-T-H-A-U-R. The breakdown of this name, as all names tend to have some sort of meaning, right, uh, contains Gore and Thar, right? So Gore in Sindarin means dread, and Thaw becomes Thar, which means detestable or abhorrent. So the dreaded and detestable is basically there. It sounds like a, a name they would make for him because he's just terrible and they hit his guts, you know, that kind of thing. And so amongst all of this conquesting by Morgoth and Sauron, we have these stories of the groups of men who are having to deal with this and fight back. We get a story about Berahir and Berahir's wife, Emeldir. Their land is taken over. It's basically invaded by orcs. They live in Dorthonian, which I've mentioned before. And the, the region of Dorthonian, the northern slopes of these hills that lead up into the mountains, are basically taken over. There's a forest there. And that forest is corrupted and turned into what is called Tarnufuin, or Delduath. The forest under nightshade. It is a another horror show, basically, where this forest is turned into something akin to Mirkwood, where the trees themselves are corrupted. And we're told that their limbs look like grasping claws and it becomes very dark and a place that is very difficult to survive in. Now, as this darkness seeps into the forest and the lands of Dorthonian, Berhir's people are losing the fight. They are not able to push back against Morgoth's forces. And Emeldir decides to take the women and children that were left, 
give arms to those that would bear them. It says directly in the text and flees into the mountains. And I take this as a lost ditch effort in order to make sure that any of them survive. Many of the men stay and they fight. And we're told that none ever saw again the men after they had left. Here, and I'm going to quote the rest of the passage here. For these were slain one by one until at last only 12 men remained to bear here. Baron, B-E-R-E-N, Baron of notable name, his son, and Baragun and Belagund, his nephews, the sons of Bregolos, and nine faithful servants of his house whose names were long remembered in the songs of the Noldor. Radruin and Daruin, I'm going to mess up all of these names, but this is this feels very mythic, right? They were Dagnir and Ragnor, Gildor and Gorlim the Unhappy. I would be unhappy if I was in this situation too. Arthad and Urthel and Hathaldir the Young. And yeah, that Baron, that's the same Baron for the story Baron and Luthien, which we're definitely going to have to discuss in detail sometime in the future. So let me tell you a little story. You know that we get sponsors on these podcasts and Yuffie, who does these smart locks with video cameras in them, reached out and they sent me a smart door lock with a 2K camera, a doorbell and a finger reader, all the bells and whistles. And I was like, okay, cool. They sent it to me. I already have one on my back door. When I opened this up and installed it, I was like, why didn't I go with Yuffie to begin with? Because this is a step above the one that I've been using. The finger reader just works. The 2K camera is so clear. I can see when somebody's at the front door, if it's Amazon or if it's somebody trying to sell me something. It even has night vision and works in the dark. It makes me feel so much safer. Plus, my son can just put his finger on the door and just come right in when he gets home from school. He doesn't have to worry about losing keys and you don't even have to change the batteries in these because it's got like a 10,000 milliwatt hour battery that lasts for like four months. Go check these out today. Search for Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Again, search Eufy Video Lock. I think you'll love it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. All right, here we are again in the middle of the show. This is where I get to thank our patrons and the people who take the time to leave ratings and reviews. Big shout outs to our newest patrons, Joel M and Johnny C. Thank you for joining me. We are up to here. Let's check out the total here. We're up to 44 patrons. Guys, this is amazing. Thank you so much. Um, your support allows me to keep doing this to make this a full time job. And I I very, very much appreciate it. We also have to shout out our VIP patrons. We've got Brad C, Chris D, Esoteric Rage, Larry, Tristan P, and Tyler B. Thank you so much for your support, every single one of you. Also, we've got a bunch of reviews that came in this last week. You guys have been like so, so busy supporting the show. Very much appreciate it. I've even heard from some of you during the live streams I've been doing. Twitch.tv slash robots radio. Come join me. Um, my regular time will be afternoons. So afternoon, like 1 p.m., 2 p.m. Eastern ish starting streams on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. It's a place where I'm just going to be hanging out, playing games, chatting with you guys sometimes i just do these like let's talks and we just chat and people ask questions it's been so nice seeing you guys pop in ask questions introduce yourselves getting to know you come hang out with me um but yeah some of you guys have even been saying like oh i've been sharing the show with my friends my siblings whoever i really appreciate that all right let's try to get through these relatively quickly so we have Shadwell von Bernstein in the United States, who wrote enjoyable and informative five stars. I read all Tolkien multiple times years ago. I read all. I'm obviously not good at reading uh, years ago. And this pod brings it all back in a very enjoyable experience. Lots of interesting insights. Please keep going. I'm not a in a position to support dollar sign. Sorry. It's OK. Uh, P.S. I like the parts where you use reverb and other sound to give more context. Well, I hope you enjoy the intro for this episode. Adds a nice atmosphere. Thank you, Shadwell. I really appreciate it. And don't worry about if you don't have the money to support, just helping spread word of the show is is amazing. So thank you for taking the time to do this. All right. Then we have Tyler S. 30 from Canada who wrote in uh, fantastic or at least wrote on Apple Podcasts. Fantastic. Five stars. I listened. or uh, Jeez, I'm just going to I'm going to leave my goofs in here. Um, I started listening to this podcast while I went for evening walks and I was hooked one on episode one. Token paints a picture with his words and Tom really does a wonderful job of adding color to that picture. This is a very easy and interesting podcast to listen to. Tom takes his time to explain details and really make sure that the story is told as well as possible. Tom is a very positive person. Well, thanks. And that does show in his voice and his way of speaking. 
It just makes the whole listening experience so enjoyable. The mid-show break where the new reviews are read and patrons are thanked has become a bit of a treat to hear, especially when I stumble on my words, right? Um, I hope my review is read on air. Guess what? It is. I will say that this podcast should come with a warning. You will be addicted. You will lose track of time. (laughs) Tyler, that's amazing. Thank you so much. We have one from ASKGS Jackie, also in Canada, who wrote, Hi, Hi, Jackie. Uh, Ten or five stars. I was going to say ten stars, but that's putting extra stars on your review, which don't exist. So five stars. Uh, My name is Jackie and I listen to your Witcher lore cast. I'm loving this since I'm a huge Tolkien fan. Keep up the good work. If I were in Tolkien's world, I would definitely be a hobbit. What would you be? Oh, man. That's a good question. I probably would be a hobbit, too. I think most of us would be hobbits. Or orcs. Tolkien, in some of his early writings, would talk about how certain people are orcs. And that was a reference to war. But, man, that just got dark. Let's be happy. Let's be positive. Let's all be hobbits. All right. Then we have... uh, Thank you, thank you, Jackie. I really appreciate it. Then we have Nero Wolf, 1934, in the United States, who writes, Great way to dive deep, or deep dive. Deep dive is what they wrote. I reversed that. Robots has a great narrative voice that he combines with his extensive knowledge to make a great podcast. Short and sweet. Nero Wolf, thank you so much. All right, everybody. I'm not going to take up any more of your time here in the middle of the show because we've got more stuff to talk about with, you know, the men, the mannish race and what goes on with them in the world. See you on the other side. So at the end of this chapter, this is chapter 18 of the Silmarillion, as we're learning more about the Manish races and what's going on in the world. We're given a story about Hurin and Hur, the sons of Galdor of Dor Loman, who happened to be staying with the Haladin, the, the separate house. They were um, in very traditional ways. They were from one house, but they were growing up and spending time in another house due to connections of kindred and all of that. We can go into all the details, but Really, that's that's basically it. And because of that situation, they were in a very different, I guess, situation. <laughs> I can use that word twice than the other people of Galdor. Because they were in Brethil instead of Dor Loman. And the events that were happening in Brethil were a little bit different. We're told that the people of Brethel were taking it back to the orcs. They were mounting a strong response. And even in that day at that time Hur, who was 13 years old was throwing himself into battle to fight against these orcs and while they were out hunting orcs fighting back against Morgoth's forces Hurin and Hur were broken apart from the rest of the company and were given a wonderful mythological description about what happens here it goes like this But being with a company that was cut off from the rest, they were pursued to the ford of Brithiok. And there they would have been taken or slain, but for the power of Ulmo that was still strong in Syrian. A mist arose from the river and hid them from their enemies. And they escaped over the Brithiok into Dimbar and wandered among the hills 
beneath the sheer walls of the Kasaigrim. Until they were bewildered in the deceits of that land and knew not the way to go on or to return, there Thorondor espied them, and he sent two of his eagles to their aid. And the eagles bore them up and brought them beyond the encircling mountains to the secret vale of Tumladen and the hidden city of Gondolin, which no man yet had seen. This is a very novel situation. And it's one that was foreseen. We were told that men would eventually come to Gondolin. Their Turgon, the king, received them well when he learned of their kin, for messages and dreams had come to him up Syrian from the sea, from Olmo, lord of waters, warning him of foe to come and counseling him to deal kindly with the sons of the house of Hador, from whom help should come to him at need. These were two people who were predicted to show up. And the story basically goes that they are welcomed into the city. King Turgon brings them in, takes care of them. He treats them like his special guests. The text says, For Turgon took great liking for the sons of Galdor, and spoke much with them, and he wished indeed to keep them in Gondolin out of love, and not only for his law, that no stranger be he elf or man, who found the way to the secret kingdom, and looked upon the city should ever depart again, until the king should open the leaguer, and the hidden people should come forth. He knew the laws, right? You come to Gondolin, you don't leave Gondolin. It is too dangerous, especially now that the spies of Morgoth are trying to desperately find where Gondolin is. To send these two men back out into the wilds and to and for that to be the, the reason why Gondolin falls. But more so than that, he found that he loved them. He took them under his wing. This is another one of those instances of a great elf lord taking in these men, treating them like his own. And we also have, you have to, you have to notice here, Hurin and Hur have now experienced being brought under the, I guess the under the, the guidance, I guess you could say of not only their own, their own group of the Adain, but an alternate group of the Adain and learning from their culture as well. But now also King Turgon, the elves. Every time this happens in Tolkien's work, the people who are brought into connection with these other greater groups benefit. They benefit in wisdom. They benefit in training and strength in their understanding it's almost like Tolkien understood that the more we educate ourselves and interact with people of different cultures, the greater we become as well, the more wise, the more knowledgeable. But when you look at the situation from Hurin and Hur's perspective, you can see that they weren't expecting to stay in Gondolin forever, to be trapped in the city as nice as the elves were, as well-treated as they were, they wanted to return to their own people. They wanted to fight against Morgoth. They wanted to do something with their lives. 
because the lives of men are not like the lives of elves. And they had to convince Turgon of this. And of course, he understood this, but they had to make their case. It says, And Hurin said to Turgon, Lord, we are but mortal men, and unlike the Eldar, they may endure for long years awaiting battle with their enemies in some far distant day, but for us the time is short, and our hope and strength soon wither. Moreover, we did not find the road to Gondolin, and indeed, we do not know surely where this city stands, for we were brought in fear and wonder by the highways of the air, and in mercy our eyes were veiled. Then Turgon granted his prayer, and he said, By the way that you came, you have leave to depart, if Thorondor is willing. I grieve at this parting, yet in a little while, as the elder accounted, we may meet again. This foreshadowing, these dreams, this knowledge that has been given to Turgon of an unsure but kind of vague sense of the future and the importance of Hurin and Hur. But there was one person in Gondolin who stood against this idea, and this is going to become a theme Remember the story of Aridel, the white lady of the Noldor, Turgon's sister, and her son Maeglin? Remember that? Maeglin was not for this. He has some unsavory characteristics, maybe inherited from his father's side, maybe due to his difficult, tumultuous upbringing. But it says here, but Maeglin, the, the king's sister's son, who was mighty in Gondolin, grieved not at all at their going, for he begrudged them the favor of the king. He was jealous, for he had no love for any of the kindred of men. And he said to Hurin, The king's grace is greater than you know, and the law has become less stern than aforetime, or else no choice would be given to you but to abide here to your life's end. Basically, like, you've weakened our laws. You should have stayed here until you died mortals <laughs> like that kind of thing right but Hurin answered him the king's grace is great indeed but if our word is not enough then we will swear oaths to you and the brothers swore never to reveal the counsels of turgon and to keep secret all that they had seen in his realm then they took their leave and the eagles coming bore them away by night and set them down in door loman before the dawn their kinsfolk rejoiced to see them. The messengers from Brethel had reported that they were lost, but they would not declare even to their father where they had been, save that they were rescued in the wilderness by the eagles that brought them home. And in this next section, they're questioned. Where, are, where have you been? You don't look like you've been surviving out in the wilderness. You look well fed. You look like you were taken care of. What secret place have you been in? but they would not answer. The only thing Hurin would say in response was, be content that we have returned, for only under an oath of silence was this permitted. And their father Galdor no longer questioned them, but it was due to this instance here that the spies of Morgoth got wind of what must be some hidden location where they would have been safe. 
And Morgoth was also wondering what happened to Turgon. He feared him. And by this point in the story, had not yet heard the name Gondolin. But that would soon change. Thanks for listening to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast. If you'd like to learn more about other fantasy worlds, check out my other podcasts, the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the Witcher Lorecast, and more at robotsradio.net. If you'd like to reach out, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a note on Twitter at robots underscore radio or join our amazing community on the Robots Radio Discord. There are links in the show notes or just search Robots Radio Discord or find the link on robotsradio.net. I'll see you next time. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.